I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Let's begin. Let's begin. Hello and welcome to In The Pocket, the bass guitar podcast where we get the lowdown on the low end. My name's Johnny, a totally average bass player, and each week I'm very lucky to be joined by my wonderful uh, co-host, session player, uh, and full-time musician, uh, it's Chris Horrocks. Chris, hello. All right, my love. Oh, you didn't give me a... Well, you were doing an impression of me then, instead of Obi-Wan Kenobi, so I know, either is fine. I know. I'm sorry, I, I was going was gonna to mix it up for this one. What would a um, Somerset farmer-sounding Obi-Wan sound like then? You'll have to Hello do there. It. <laughs> oh, Hello there. <laughs> In fact, I think, <laughs> I think I know someone's dad that sounds like that. So That's fair enough. Everyone Perfect. in Hot Fuzz. Hello there. <laughs> you know, I, I um, used to work with someone who used to work in the city, and they said that, like, oh, no, they used to work in London. Uh, and they were like, I, I've moved down here, and every, everything is slow. Like from the internet to the people driving, he said everything is slow and people talk slow and they have time. They say hello and they just have a conversation with someone in a shop whilst buying some milk. He said it's weird. <laughs> That's really nice, actually. Yeah, my every t- I've I've not I've probably counted with one hand the amount of times I've been to actual like London, London, not just mm. what I would call London, south of Birmingham. Um, but. Uh, the amount of times I've been, I've been like, I hate everything. Everyone is running around at 200 miles an hour. I, I you know, everyone's barging into you. I hate the tube. I really, I'm sorry, good people of London. I'm sure it's a great system. I hate the tube with a fire. <laughs> I was on the tube last weekend. Um, How exciting. We got pretty lucky with it. It was fine. It was fine. Um, I find London is nice in small doses. Yeah. I, people are like, oh, I'd love to move there. And I'm like, oh, no. No. no, 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 no. I, I, Bristol, I'll do Bristol. That's fine. But no, not that. That's another level. Exactly. Um, so welcome, but anyway. Welcome to our travel podcast now. Yes, yes. Next week, we... cooking. <laughs> It'd be pretty good, actually. Yeah. Uh, if we can apply bass to it in some somehow. We could be... Uh, um, I think it'd be fine. We could be the hurry bassists. <gasps> well, I am starting to grow a beard in. Exactly. So... The, the stars have aligned. Exactly. And neither of us are Geordie, but we'll make it work. Yeah, be fine. Be fine. Be fine. Um, have you done many gigs this week? You had like a Koran gig this week, didn't you? Yeah, I did. So um, I have a friend who has a, a cover band based in like kind of Birkenhead, Chester kind of way. And they do these theme nights every couple of months. So they've done like a Corn night, a Metallica night, a Slipknot night. Um, I think they've done a Nirvana one, actually. Um, oh, and a few other those kind of things but they had a Kerrang one which is kind of just like your sort of mid 2000s like it was all like Good Charlotte, Balling for Soup uh, there was some Ramstein in there Evanescence uh, I'm gigging with them again next week and we're doing a Corn song as well 
that that kind of stuff um along with some a couple of songs that would get you cancelled kind of now do you remember the song <laughs> the ballad of chasey lane by bloodhound gang uh, no. Uh, I can't repeat any of the lyrics on this podcast in any way. Have a listen to it when we're done. Listeners, pause this, have a listen, come back. Um, you're in for a treat, but we covered that, and I can't believe we actually got away with it. Um, but the reason the story is um, the bass player hurt his hand two days before the gig. So on the Friday, he hurt his hand. No, Thursday. On the Thursday night, he hurt his hand, and he told me on Friday, it's a bit tight, mate, but the gig's on Saturday. You've helped us in the past. Could you do it again? And I was like, oh, go on then. So on Saturday morning, I learnt 28 songs in six hours, had a shower, and then got in my car and immediately drove to Chester and gigged the 28 songs and then went home. That sounds like a worse nightmare. (laughs) That sounds... It was horrible. Like fundamentally awful. It was horrible. I did consider a bit of a cry at one point. I'm not going to lie. But um, I got it done. And I got myself a McDonald's on the way home. It was a job well done. Treat yourself. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So that's me. Oh, well, good work. Good <laughs> yeah. work. Thank you. Um, it was. I, I'm sure, like, I'm sure we'll get, like, kind of questions about practice routines and things like that because i feel like you probably picked up some new skills from that as well you know having yeah. to like power learn these yeah. tracks um so i'm sure that will uh come back up again uh, true. At, at some point in the future yeah true a lot of a lot of the actual um i don't, I don't i've stopped calling it a session musician even though it is a session musician just like the guy for hire your base mercenary if you will um is how quickly can you do this and do it reliably? I feel like that's probably that's probably the big part of it, I've noticed. You know, are yeah. you a safe pair of hands? Can we rely on you in a pinch? I'm sorry, this is last minute. Can you do this? Like, that's what you do when you're a adept, basically. You're yeah. the, um, the yeah. substitute goalkeeper, basically. Yeah, the one that's got to come in and save the day, literally. Well, yeah, quite literally, because they told me, um, can you do it? If you can't, we're gonna to have to cancel the gig, and we really don't want to cancel the gig because then no one's getting any money. But um, yeah. luckily, I was able to do it. It was hard. It wasn't perfect. I would say I played at like a. I'm gonna. I would give myself a seven out of ten for the gig, but my seven out of ten might be someone else's nine. Like I'm quite. I'm quite hard on myself when it comes to my playing. Um, my seven out of ten is someone else's three, so you think you're doing all right, there, mate. <laughs> well, I was told. I was told at the end of the first set, the singer looked at me and went, "Like, well, I didn't notice anything." So I'm like, "Oh, right. Well, if you didn't notice, that means no one in the crowd noticed, and if no one in the crowd noticed, it's fine." But I was sweating up there. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah. find my way up the fretboard. Yeah, <laughs> there are a few, and none of the songs were particularly hard. It's just the fact that I'd only had. Like we're talking like like um I Want You Bad by the Offspring is not a hard song. When you have eight minutes to learn it and then move on to the next thing. Yeah. And it's really hard. Yeah, it's one of those songs you're just like, oh, yeah, I know that. Yeah, I can do that. I can do that, so it's fine, you know. And then I find it was some if it's a song that I'm not particularly familiar with as well, I you know, I'll I won't remember the structure. I won't know the song. Well, so I have to Exactly. So this, you know, if anyone can I give a little tip away now? Or are we going on a bit too much of a tangent? 
Um, you can give as much tip as you like. Well, that well, it doesn't count otherwise. So, um, <laughs> so the um, I'm not learning the songs. So, for example, if if I pick my bass up now, and you said to me, Chris, can you play the anthem by Good Charlotte? I would go, No, don't know how to play it. I haven't got a clue. That's not the skill you're learning when it comes to these last minute bulk learning sessions. What I am doing is writing a chart for the song and then sight reading the chart. That's the job. The memory is not involved in this process in any way, shape, or form. It is literally, chorus starts on E. There's a push on the A in verse 2. Bridge, don't forget the run that starts on the 4th fret. It's that kind of stuff. Mm. And then all you were doing is, um, you are sat there, and you are just working through. It's the same with sight reading. I am sight reading my own charts, essentially. Um, That's the skill you have to learn. Um, cause I had a few people message me when I put it on my Instagram story going, how are you going to remember 28 songs? Like I wouldn't be able to do that. And I was replying to them going, we don't. And also, yeah, I'm not exactly. And also like, um, that's where something called off book shows up. So there's a term called off book, which basically means no charts. So some shows. So when I was in the McBusted tribute band in last summer for a bit, uh, I was just standing in, but they said to me, the show is off book, which basically means remember it learn it memorize it and then so the show is you as a performance but then i've had other shows where it's like no charts are fine um because it's not a performance then i'm stood at the back i'm the backing band they don't care if i'm just staring at a a ipad for two hours whereas the busted stuff i have to run around jump off a drum riser now depending on the line of work what a show will should do is go, it's off book. We're going to pay you more because what you could learn in three days, you're now going to need three weeks or a week or just more time, depending on how hard the material is because we're not asking you to play something. We're asking you to learn and memorize it. So they would, some places will offer you more money for it to be off book. Most of the things I do, they just pay you exactly the same. So I have a bit of a thing or a bee in my bonnet where I'm like, is this off book or not? And some of them will be like, well, if you could, that'd be great. And I usually just say to them, no, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> not if it's your standard, if it's your standard session rate, which is about 150 pounds for like a, a, for a big thing, like a proper thing, a pub gig wouldn't be a pub. It'd be, you know, be surprising if a pub gig would pay you 150, depending on the size of the pub and the budget and all that. But a proper, proper venue session rate you'd be looking at about 150 a gig and um i would say to them well no because if x place will just let me read the chart for 150 i'm not going to put another week's worth of work into memorize it so that's what off book means to be a big tangent on you fun listeners wow well i i i never i've not been a session in, in the session world so that's news to me uh and that's really interesting mm. thanks daddy chris you're welcome anytime um, son <laughs> let's uh move on to our first question yeah. if you uh your lovely selves at home want to submit a question to this very podcast make sure you head over to instagram and follow both myself at johnny dibble and chris at chris oh no that guy on base sorry chris at um, chris on, at chris at just chris 
the only Chris there is, God, the only right. one that matters. Um, at that guy on base uh, on Instagram, where we will often put up uh, a poll on our stories where you can submit your questions. So make sure you go and get involved, like these lovely people have this week. Um, Chris, have you got the first question yeah, there? I do indeed. We've uh, it's a good one this week. I, I like, not that the others are rubbish. Everything was terrible. This was all we got. Um, someone asked me if I preferred tea cakes or crumpets, by the way. Um, and I mean, I prefer, do you want to clear that up now? I think I prefer a toasted tea cake. I'm not going to lie. Ooh, oh, actually, this is a quick one. Wait, does this roll into the... Well, literally, does this roll into the whole... I call it a bap, you call it a roll, it's a balm cake, it's this... Cause when I say tea cake, do you think of the same thing? Ooh, good question. Um, so I think of well, a tea. So a tea cake to me is like it's almost like a, a flatter bun type yes. cake with fruit in it. Yeah, that would that'd be the same for me. So yes, tea cake is the same. Yeah. What do you call a um? What do you call like a a bread roll and balm cake, or you know, like a bacon butty? Yes, Greg. Go to Greg's. You get the sausage and bacon. Well, they call it a balm anyway. But what what what's it called down for you? Do they? Yeah, it's a bacon. They just balm. call it a roll. Oh, a roll. I'm I'm sorry. Yeah, they call it a roll. But up here, it would be a bacon balm. I've never heard that in my life. Well, no. when you come when you come up here and I wine and dine you on gravy, you'll see. <laughs> Bisto and Greg's Bisto my favourite. Oh. Oh, don't, don't, oh, oh, Anyway, that wasn't, that wasn't, that wasn't the question. Um, question one for this week. I really like this one. Uh, what's the difference between uh, a Ray 34 and a full fat music man? Oh. And there's... Now, this is a very good question because it uh, comes in perfect timing and we are the perfect people to answer this, I feel. Well, I'm not because I don't know the difference, basically. Well, have you, play, have you played one before? I've never played a full fat music man. Oh, and I'm okay. very excited to try one because I think my Ray 34 is amazing. Like, it's um, apart from when the battery died at a gig, that was horrible. But <laughs> um, it plays great. It's really heavy. It's got a roasted maple neck. It plays really well. I think it sounds great. It's got, it feels good in... It feel, the wood feels good in the hand. <laughs> um, 10 out of 10 bass, in my opinion. So I'm excited to see. Well, if that's the the b-list version what's a list mm. and is it actually well, any good it's interesting with music man because they don't really have apart from like the special range maybe they don't really have like a scale of like this is our low end bases and these are our high ends like like they don't have equivalent to made in mexico fenders basically where the line starts to blur between squire and fender in that range so you've kind of you don't really have that you know, there isn't a lower range that will that is designed to compete with the Sterlings. Now, the high-end Sterlings, like the modern 34s and 35s, are very, very good. Um, I had one of the newer ones, the black ones, because you've got... A, is yours a slightly older one? Or is yeah. it one of the um, new range ones? Uh, it's an older one. I don't really, uh, don't really know the age of it. Um, I, I honestly, I remember honestly it was don't know, one. but I think it's an older one. I know. I'll have mm. to find out to be honest. Yeah. I think you're right. Because, yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, 
I hear great things about the older ones because there's a black equivalent of your one with a matching black headstock as well. Um, and people like rave about those ones. I didn't really like my 34 that I had. Mm. Um, but I don't know if I gave it enough time. For me, I always find that throughout the Music Man range, some, from, so from Sterling up to Music okay, Man, yeah. you, you get what you pay for almost. Like mm. the bottom one yeah, is the worst one. And then it does get better and better yeah. and better as you go up. Um, and for me, I found that Music Man, although you're paying potentially a lot more for a new one, you're not getting that much more bass, of course, as we've discussed before yeah. in this podcast, but you are getting that little 10% sparkle more of the tone, I find. I see. Uh, and that, for some reason, with Stingrays, um, I just always absolutely love that clarity and that, and that punchy like I said, sparkles that you from the top end that you get. Um, and so I'm always just like, more, 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 like proper Kylo oh, Renning. Kylo it, Ren. like, yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's what I always look for. So the higher up I go or the higher up, the most more expensive ones I hear, I hear that clarity and that difference. And I'm like, mm. Oh, like that. Oh, that's even better. You know, right. like I'm all for that. So for me, that's where the improvement is. Okay. Um, I think playability weight wise, yeah, my one is just as heavy, um, and plays plays about the same. I think um, I need to do a bit more of a setup on mine because the it had weird strings on it before, and the action is a little bit too high for me at the moment. Mm. Um, but yeah, I I absolutely would not poo poo the Sterling Ray Thirty Four. Neither would you. Oh, absolutely not. Again, having not played the next one up, I don't have the comparison. But Mm -mm. if you were toying with getting one, for me, I would strongly recommend it. I'd really, really, I've just said it really, but I really like mine. It's literally there. I'm looking at it right now. Hello. (laughs) Vut your eyes, you dirty boy. Hello there. (laughs) But yeah, it's um, the great bases. I've I've really rated mine. Um, It's served me very well. I literally posted a, a post on Instagram playing it yesterday. Um, it's a great bass. It's very versatile. Uh, really like the free band EQ on mine. I don't actually yeah. know the frequencies it's cutting and boosting, but the mid range, like I absolutely love cranking the mid range on it, and it goes really like Ooh. honky. Well, it's because I do. All, yeah. You know, sometimes I do gigs where. Um, it's like a trio, or it's something where I need—I actually need to occupy a lot of space in the yeah. venue. Where if I was just cranking the bass and that was it, I'd kind of disappear. So having the mid-range really pokey, like re- too pokey on its own. Like you listen to it on its own, and you're like, oh, it's too like eh, kind of thing. But but in context, but in context, lovely, really nice bass. And yeah. then you can just do the opposite: boost the treble, boost the bass, stick loads of overdrive on it, and you've got that really just really yeah. gritty but in a really nice way kind of mix but then at the same time um so i really like for me the stingray sound i like having it you know i'm, I'm rarely in a trio so if i'm with two guitars as well i like having that scooped sound with it like yeah the slight smiley face eq so i'll yeah. boost the bass and treble a tiny bit and dip the uh yeah um dip the mid-range i call it the johnny grin the johnny grin this. um uh, and so, yeah, that's that's the kind of sound that I find like synonymous with those with those bases. And I took mine to practice last night. Ah, 
damn i was like in heaven i didn't use it for a song um because i using a p bass and a thunderbird for the for the two sets that we were practicing mm. um but i'm gonna try and sneak its way in i think <laughs> it, it's just too good to to not put in there um but yeah uh to go back to the question um i it's a tough one really i would recommend still getting the ray 34 if if your budget allows you to get the usa one absolutely go for it you're not going to be disappointed but the if you're like oh, not sure on a budget the ray 34 is going to be more than okay for you absolutely um i would even suggest so i don't really like the um oh, what am i trying to say the bottom range model the sub series i don't love I've those i've never played it so i i think they play really nicely and they've got slimmer neck profile yeah. which i actually way prefer on stingrays um I, I you know my usa one has got the bigger neck profile like the ray 34 um but and i i get used to it now and i like it but um my favorite stingray neck i've had still i think is the ray 24 ca i would recommend people checking that out as well it's more of like a it's modeled after like a vintage stingray almost um still got that classic sound but it's only got the two band preamp oh um okay. so no mid control um which you know wouldn't be any good for you chris um but the neck is that slimmer neck but the only thing i didn't like about that bass um is that the uh, the body had no contouring so it was a slab and oh okay after a long time i was just like oh, i really want to contour this body yeah. man like uh it's it's amazing how much difference that can make to your playing style and and how you enjoy playing a bass but yeah i feel like i've taken up a lot of this question but well you yeah, you have more knowledge of it than i do all i can say is i have a ray 34 really like it i have no comparison point unfortunately yeah we're a couple of stingray boys um and yeah i i when if i ever don't want if i ever don't have one in my arsenal i really miss it yeah that sound is just unparalleled with any other kind of bass there have been bases that try and do it as well that just don't quite hit the nail on the head and that might just be um you know my mind playing tricks on me but yeah, it's just so classic and famous, and I love it. I um, love it. Somebody else asked a question saying, uh, do Stingrays suck? So um, my, question, no. my answer is no. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, Marvellous. Well, I hope that helped somewhat. Let's move on to the next segment. This segment is called the news because it is about the weather. Ha! Gotcha. It's the news. Um, we have some bits of news this week, some old, some interesting ones, and you know, uh, it's been a it's been a news light week, but I've managed to fill it up for you, so don't worry. Um, I'll start off with the hottest piece of news because it was announced literally, well, minutes before we started recording this, maybe an hour um yeah. i'd say yeah uh and that is dark glass teased us yesterday at time of recording with an announcement and they did like oh here's the shape uh 
um, like a silhouette shape, backlit pedal where you could see a knob on the outside. Oh my god, it's a new product, it's a physical product from Dark Glass. Here we go. What is it, Johnny? Tell the people what it is. It's um, it's an update for the Adam, (laughs) so it's a software pedal. Um, great, yeah, I mean, yay, new stuff, great. Um, but my god, why, why do that? What I'm so annoyed, why would you do that? (laughs) I mean, it's all marketing, I get it, but I was like, ooh, what's this gonna be? What haven't they delved into? And then when I saw it was a chorus. Because the when they did a post saying the chorus machine, I was like, "Oh, okay." And then the disappointment when I swiped over and saw that it was just like an update for the Adam, specifically just the Adam as yeah, well. Yeah, specifically like, the Adam. Oh. Interesting. I mean, I I liked yeah. the Adam when I owned one. I really enjoyed it. I sometimes wish I still had it because I enjoyed like kind of the um. Well, I just enjoyed the concept really, and I a lot of people said it didn't sound very good, but. I I always thought mine sounded great. I really liked it. Um, yeah, and they've clearly, yeah. you know, they've rolled out that um, series of pedals yeah, the across the line versions, as well. Yeah, you know, because they they kind of went from the standard to then the Ultra, ultras, yeah. and then the the um, I don't know what they're calling it now, but the the Adam version of it. You know, yeah, like, it has a name. I just don't really know what it is, but. Yeah. yeah, also, you know what I thought was quite interesting because we love slagging Dark Glass off on this podcast <laughs> was. Um, the example they gave with the chorus, I thought was really subtle. Like, I could not really, hear it at all. It kind of more couldn't hear it at all. like a slight double track. It was that. It was a very, very slow chorus. I thought they would have. But then like, why? Yeah. Why demonstrate it on like like a really technical heavy line with a chorus on it? I was like, well, I think they did that because because it was one of those like double thummy. I think it might have been like it was. It was very Jacob Umansky kind of playing, like yes. the double thumb slapping and popping. It did sound cool with the chorus. It kind of well, literally like popped up, popped out a little bit more. So it was cool. It's just if you were going to show me a chorus, like I want to hear a chorus like soggy, if you know what I mean, like yeah, yeah. really soggy. Dripping. Well, I want to see both, but for an example at least. Yeah, well, and I'm sure you can do that with it. Um, but the, yeah, the example they gave, I was like, what, what is this? Okay. Um, so they've got, I'm just trying to read up about what else they've added. We've also added additional EQ for tone shaping. It's not just distortion on the drivetrain. Drivetrain, I said chain, I mean. <laughs> um, so yeah, the, the chorus is only, is placed at the end of the signal chain just before the post blend EQ. Um, I really like chorus. It's one of my, well, it probably is my favorite modulation. Um, and uh, with paired up with distortion, it sounds amazing, I think. But like you said, it has to be really saturated and turn that mix yeah. up. Um, it's It's got such a cool vibe to it. But yeah, I, I wasn't expecting this from Dark Glass, but then I, I, they are innovators in the sector. So I never know what to expect. Um, before we move on, I would like to draw attention to the picture that they uploaded on their Instagram for the chorus machine um, because there's a like a high pass filter yeah. switch on it that goes between low, mid, and high, and it looks like the pedal has a nose. Nice. Oh, a really sad looking nose as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but there you go. What a really I've, small little I've sad witch's say, nose. I've got to say, and it's and it is a bugbear, like. 
Just bring a pedal out. Just do a pedal. Come on. Chris, I... they did a pedal. They've done pedals and you didn't like them. Well, I did. I just said I liked it. <laughs> but yeah, like, I mean, it's... Cool. But they put the knobs on the inside. And it's cool that they... Oh, God, don't. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's cool that they, um, you know, hi, you've already bought this product. Here's a new thing for free. Like, that's that's cool. I like that. I think that's good that a company is doing that. It's like, here's just an extra thing we've done. Oh, yeah. But yes, um, I forgot to mention that, yeah. Yeah, I just feel like I would like a pedal, you know. Because I'll, yeah. if I've got to be honest, one thing I didn't like, I, I don't enjoy much when I owned the Adam is how much of it you're messing with inside the app now. Um, just because I just I would rather just see what I'm looking at and then go, right, click that, click that, turn that. And even if I'm setting it and forgetting it, I don't know. I just think I would personally prefer that as a gigging musician rather than, okay, so I can mess with this, this, and this. But for everything else, I need to load up the app Bluetooth it to the the Bluetooth it to the uh, the pedal, and my phone's not always on me when I'm at a gig. Sometimes no. it's backstage, or you know, my phone is for my charts. You know, those kind of things. It's like I don't want to, um, but yeah. Otherwise, you end up with a massive pedal, though, wouldn't you? And it's all the Adam's already yeah. quite big. It's not huge. You... It's maybe about the size of a HX Stomp, I think. Yeah, a little bit longer, maybe like a little bit wider. A little bit. It's not huge, though, if I remember correctly. Not as not as deep, though. No. Um, with um, I was ju- I just had a flashback then about using phones and gigs and where you put your phone, um, because I had some weird things where my phone was touching the back of my Thunderbird last night at practice, and it keeps <laughs> like causing it to crackle. Oh, okay. <laughs> like this weird crackly yeah. sound coming up. Yeah. Um, and I was like what is this? <laughs> Why is this causing this? And it reminded me again of being like 14 in my mate's um, garage in a band uh, and then everyone having to like put their phones, turn their phones off or aeroplane mode mm-hmm. if it existed then or just moving them away because then when someone is receiving a text... Oh, the Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's coming in. It's coming in. I had that the other day um, somewhere. I can't remember where. What was I doing? I was doing something, and and I got a text, and it and it lit up, as in I could hear a little bit of like through the PA, and I was like, oh, that's not good. Yeah, we've had it before where wirelesses are mixing over, yeah. or like we had a, a voice coming through one of the amps from the other room, <laughs> um, where just frequencies are going wild. That's a good one. Like it, but it it came through higher pitch. The guy was singing, but it sounded like Eric Cartman from South Park. Wow, <laughs> it was. We were like, what is that? What is this? <laughs> Coming through. <laughs> like, oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Um, anyway, anyway, we, we digress. Um, the next piece of news is um, an interesting one, I thought. Um, so I saw an article from the website No Trouble. My kind of art, my kind of website. And it says, one of Gibson's earliest bass guitars ever built hits reverb.com. So Reverb, of course, uh, secondhand uh, music shop uh, online. Um, amazing for selling stuff. And occasionally you do get some really rare gems pop up. They kind of, the more certified sellers tend to sell on there as opposed to like places like eBay, you know. So this is normally the place when these more boutique or expensive vintage bases come up for sale. Um, this is a 1954 Gibson EB1. So 
one of their earliest bases they've ever done. It was launched in 1953 in response to the P base. Um, it looks more like a violin base. It's the EB-1, so it's just got that one like almost like Mudbucker-style humbucker yeah. over by the neck. Um, it's a it's pretty cool vibe base. You know, it is like a violin base, though, so it comes with all the, the bits that we know and love about those. Um, how much do you think this was up for sale for on Ooh, this um, will shock you how stupidly high do i need to punt this so the way they line it up with saying is this piece of history is currently on sale 100 grand on reverb for 100 grand going with 100 grand yeah yeah go on any any other guesses if it's a pe- if they're saying it's a piece of history i mean it's going to be over 20 it's got to be over 20 Okay. I don't know. I'm usually very bad at these games. You know, I'm going to be a bit more... Okay, well, well like that's 50. fine. That's fine, because I was also very bad at this, because I thought it was going to be a lot different to this, because it was... This piece of history is currently for sale on Reverb for $7,250. I expected quite a lot more. I expected like 10 times that price, at least. Yeah, well, that's... That's why I said it would shock you, because... Yeah. What? What you like? You could probably buy custom shop fenders for for like that kind of price if it's a vintage one. Like so seven this is, seven grand is what we're saying. Yeah. Wow. Um. Wow. For a nineteen fifty four, so not like seventy sixties, nineteen fifty four, sales records show that there were only five hundred and forty six of the original run. This is an incredibly rare base. How is it so cheap? And it's sold. It's gone, of course. Um, oh, but... shit, that's why. Yeah, yeah, true. But, like, for someone looking for this piece for a museum or something like that, you know, there will be those collectors out there. Like, and then I can see why it was absolutely snapped up, but it just seems weird. Wow, yeah. Very That's weird. Very I mean, odd. like, I, I'm, I'm really into watches, and I'm used to seeing things like, you know, stuff from the 1960s going for tens and tens of thousands of pounds and some stuff over like a hundred thousand pounds and more for a watch of similar historical value and um wow yeah i'm really disappointed in that i expected that (laughs) i know so i was really building that up (laughs) yeah i was Uh, i was expecting you you to say to me go why would you pay 300 i was expecting you like a christie's auction you're like a proper like yeah you know, and then you find out, like, the CEO of Gibson's bought it, or, you know, something like, something really, you know, someone really big has bought it, like, a big deal. Yeah. Not, like, seven grand. Wow. No. It's almost really strange, almost affordable. But... Yeah, I know. I get yours here. Um, yeah. I don't know. Available now on Anton's. I couldn't say why this is. I guess it's just not does. Wow. It, a base goes beyond becoming not desirable, you know, when it's that age. Because people don't care if it's good. No one's going to be gigging with this. No, that'd be funny. With it. I know people. Who, <laughs> I know people who would gig with that, and you know it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, it's the best best bass ever made. Then in that case, literally. Um, how old do you reckon? Great. How old do you reckon the strings are? Can you imagine? Oh brand, my god! Got a brand new set of stainless steel 
dear diary of. <laughs> yeah, I, I like to think it's really like it's elixirs, like really uh, bright <laughs> ones on there. That was to match I, that honestly that made me laugh so much. If it's like, oh, the, whoever's bought it, oh, change the strings. No, no, don't change the strings. No, no. If the strings aren't from the fifties, I'm not. I'm genuinely not interested. I'm not. Interested. Maybe that's what. Maybe that's where the rest of the uh, value was. It was in the old string. Someone strings. changed them up, and it's just lost yeah, it. Exactly. Like yeah. God, that honest. That would make me laugh so much. Like, put a set of like Dunlop super brights. <laughs> wow. Um, Love it. Okay, let's. Uh, with that uh, bombshell. Uh, speaking of things that are small. Uh, <laughs> Let's move on to the next piece of news, which is a short-scale jazz bass. Um, Yay. So this isn't... <laughs> Woohoo, Ooh, says Chris. Another small um, bass. Yay. Um, be quiet, boy. <laughs> um, so this isn't a new piece of news, but I thought it'd be interesting to bring along because I learned about it today and was like, huh? I didn't know this existed. Um, and I know why I didn't know, but here we go. So... Made in Japan, short-scale jazz bass from Fender. So this is just a shorter-necked Fender um, that looks great. Uh, it's a short-scale, so your classic 30-inch scale. There's not really much else to explain. It is just a jazz bass, but it comes in some really cool colors. We've got like a, a cream, your sunburst, a sonic blue, uh, black. Uh, just going through. Oh, what's this one? Oh, it's like a um, surf green and shell pink of course of course um what else it, it looks pretty cute uh i have i learned about this from my friend on the internet who i speak to who said that they played it in a shop randomly and said that it was amazing um and i would love them to bring this out in the uk or, or globally i think it would actually sell pretty well um yeah because you especially you in, just buy them all yeah i know i'd get all of them to be surrounded <laughs> in in the short scales. Hey, I'm I'm not compensating, all right? That's that's what it is. I en- I really um, enjoy how you're taller than me and really like a short scale. I'm five foot yeah. ten with a thirty seven inch face. <laughs> yeah, but your your arms are down by your ankles. They're so long. So oh yeah, well okay. actually for for a project I'm rehearsing for this weekend, the bass is going like back down by my hip, like I'm Jason Newstead oh, wow. from Metallica, and I haven't done that in a while. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, oh. I feel really cool. This feels good. The ding wall's good. Because it's a five string, there's a little bit of bend on the wrist. Mm. And I'm like, mm, it is a little uncomfortable playing like the first well, and second fret that low. Yeah. Well, I find that because with my Thunderbird, I, you have to have it low. You cannot have it high because when you're high, oh, you're, yeah, you're yeah, yeah. reaching, your, your, your wrist is bending to reach that first fret. Whereas yeah. when you have it low... You're kind of, it's brought, naturally brought up to your head a bit more, so you don't have to have that bend in your wrist. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. 
for Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Mm. Um, and that's what I found with those neck divey bases anyway. I see. Um, going back to the jazz base, it's it's quite expensive um i don't oh it's made in japan so that's probably why um and it is one thousand seven hundred and fifty dollars so ouch yeah high end um but the the other the gut punch is is that it's only available in of course japan uh, and looks like it ships to australia as well oh, i've only right. found this on the australian fender website Bonza. um so kind of pointless about talking about but interesting nonetheless mm. Anyway, um, anyway, that, let's. Uh... That's sorry. That just remind, there's a Top Gear quote in there, and I've got to do it. You know the meme where it's just Jeremy Clarkson going, "Oh no!" Anyway, yeah. Anyway, that, <laughs> yeah. that that's me when you talk about short scale bases that you can't buy or can't afford. I'm like, "Oh no!" Anyway, oh well. Oh well. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. Yeah. All right, mate. You jammy sod. <laughs> I'm gonna weep with the rest of the audience. <laughs> Let's move on to the next question. Well then, sweet. It's uh it's time for question two. Two time. So, interesting. Um thoughts on compression. Is it an essential effect? Ooh. Um what, I, what effect is essential, you know? All of them. Uh I don't think of compression as an effect Mm-mm. now i know a lot of people will because it can be used in the creative element you know i'm bringing up the you know the nuances in the playing if you're doing slap obviously it's going to make everything pop out and seem a bit more even yeah but again i don't really view that as a creative thing for no. me compression is like a utility yeah I... it's not essential because totally. i do a lot of, i do a lot of gigs with no with no compression available to me just go straight into the amp and the amp doesn't have a compressor and then off we go. But I do miss it a little bit, depending. Like I notice that when I'm hitting really hard, it'd be like, oh, it'd be nice if there was something here that was kind of like taming me a little bit. Yeah. And then at the same time, as I drop down to something that's a bit more funky kind of thing, it would like, um, it would just, you know, it would make... It just sound a bit better, you know, yeah. like a bit more even. Totally. But for me, not essential. Very useful. Strongly recommend, especially bass players. Bit of compression goes an awful long way. I recommend it. Um, love it. Use it all the time. When I don't have it, I miss it. Yeah, I'm exactly the same. So especially for like a punchy tone, like especially if you're playing with a pick, like I do 90% of the time. Um it's really good for that and i tend to hit really hard um so sometimes you know i've gotten loads better over the years of consistency of volume of notes um and you shouldn't rely on it so much just for that but it just help like you know you need to get a certain level you don't have all the tools just to help you um uh, not be rubbish um but i think it really can elevate the sound and when just that consistency and i i really love compression it's one of the things that's an always on on my board um so if i've got one on there that is um 
and that with yeah. a preamp like those are the things that i always have on and you're totally right that's why i kind of see it as a utility and not as an effect because I, I never will go like oh i'm going to put on the compressor for this section that's not really a bit of me I, yeah yeah just leave it on yeah 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 so i just like it there to, to be a tone shaping element um is it essential not really um like people would say that a preamp isn't essential but i love a preamp pedal and i, I love putting that in the chair yeah. so mm. nothing you know nothing's really essential um we did i'm just trying to sift through because we did get weirdly three different questions about compression this week so obviously it's on well, it is complicated mind. it is if you don't if you don't understand what a compressor is doing and then also if you understand what a compressor is doing but you don't understand how to set one properly mm. You know, like, what does attack mean? What does release mean? What yeah. does the ratio mean? It can be a, it can just be a bit of a nightmare. And then also you can, you can, you can really ruin your sound Yes, with compression not set. I mean, I have, I've definitely done it where I've been, where I've listened to audio files back or I've been playing at a gig and realized, like I realized a couple of months ago, I had a preset in my quad cortex where I was compressing the low end. It was like, I want that nice and, you know, that kind of like, not to just distort the highs, but in general. But I realized the compressor was so was just way too aggressive, yeah, and way too slow to release on the um, on the low end. Mm. So it just turned my sound like into like a just the low end. You know, I kind of you couldn't hear anything under the four hundred hertz four hundred hertz crossover mm. had it set on. And so that, I was like, oh, that kind of sounds like shit. To one of the other questions that says is how much compression is too much compression. Uh, and like I say, that's it's... too tricky to answer. I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I think when it starts sounding just too squashed sounding, sometimes when you get just something that's one one yeah. knob that's just for how much compression do you want, and you don't have those controls. Um, sometimes you can. It's... So yeah. I'll do like a. I like to do it so I can't necessarily notice. Oh, that's super compressed. So if I hit a note and I can hear it impacting and like not being as loud as it normally would be yeah i normally take that as a sign as oh that that's a bit too compressed sounding that i don't know if i described mm. that very well um but there we go no i i understand what you mean yeah i i try and set it where it's like okay as this comes up am i starting to like it's really obvious that i'm compressing it now and then dial it back a little bit and one other thing that i think is quite important on a compressor is a blend feature and somebody else asked about this and yes. i think a blend knob is great because it can kind of you can absolutely slam it and then turn the blend down you know and turn yeah. the blend down and then you you kind of solve that problem it leads to a lot more dynamic sounds that you can get out of it as well i think when you're blending in your clean unaffected tone as well so that's definitely a feature that i often look for uh i agree compressor but yeah lovely we love it uh not necessary you know not essential but we're a big fan um with that let's move on to the next segment <laughs> this segment is my favorite segment it's called that tone you own um it's where one of us bring along a tone that we're just vibing with at the minute or a new tone that we're experiencing and we just play it, have a listen to it, talk about it. And uh, and yeah, um, I've brought to brought along a tone this week um, and it's a tone that I'm very excited about um, because uh, I 
got a base in the post recently from a certain UK um, custom base uh, company uh, called Alpha Instruments. If you don't know Alpha, please leave. I don't want to know you um, because they are fantastic. You need to go and check them out. Um, I was first introduced to them from a guitar they did for the guitarist of Marmosets. Um, oh, like, yeah. That's yeah, a yeah, really cool looking guitar. What is it? Uh, and then saw it was this custom company and was like, huh, they're really cool. And then they actually do a lot of basses. I actually probably see more basses than guitars nowadays uh, that they're do putting now. together. I do now with them, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't, I, you know, I don't know the owners personally. I, obviously, I've spoken to them, but I don't know them personally. So I don't know whether they're more bass players over there or or, or not. Um, it would appear that way because that seems to be where the majority of their stuff is yeah. going. Um, and yeah, I... I absolutely love um, the bases that they put together. Really cool, not just designs, but pickup configurations and all this. And really putting their own, they've really mastered that, like putting their own stamp on it and their own look to the designs, but not having it to be too wacky and wild and like disgusting. I think it's really classy in a way, different but classy. Um, so I received one of their bases in the post for me to check out. The snippet you about to hear uh, is um, going to be in my review video. It's going to be part of the intro. Um, and I just was absolutely loving this tone because I've realized something about myself and about basses uh, through this as well, which we'll talk about in a bit. Um, but let's have a listen to this tone now. So that, so there it is. Um, it's you could say ironically it it slaps, ma'am. This bass slaps because there was no there's no slap bass. There. Do you get it? There was no slap bass there, but yeah, I got it. Yeah, boy, don't does worry. it slap. I didn't hear you laugh at all. So oh, uh, that's okay. Okay, fine. Um, yeah, I absolutely love this bass. <laughs> it is um, the Cobia uh, Prime bass, and it is a triple single coil bass triple so not two not like a jazz bass triple it's essentially a jazz bass but with another one in the middle so what another heard, another one more is better i say more um, is more and these are nordstrand blade pickups first time i've ever had these um and my god uh i'm a huge fan of this um i mean what what were your thoughts chris i I think that sounds amazing, and I'm not just saying this because I'd like to borrow the bass as well. Uh, <laughs> I really like that tone. It, I, I think um, I don't know what you've done to it. I'd like to know, but I think you've nailed it. I think it just sounds really great. It's bright, but not too bright. There's loads of low end. It's a bit scooped, but not overly scooped. It just sounds great. Like and the, the and the riffs really cool as well. Like I know we don't talk about this that much, but because we're normally talking about the tone, but I really like that riff. It sounds a bit like um, Swerve City by Deftones. 
Oh, nice. It's, it's cool. Yeah, I really like the riff. It kind of sounds like modern, like more recent architects, a bit yeah. Deftonesy. You know that thing pretty much every band in my genre is doing right now. <laughs> you can bend the string. Oh, boo. Yeah. It's exactly that. Um, and that's this bass, I would say, is one of those that inspired that sound as well, like inspired mm. that writing because i was just messing around going right okay what can i write for this intro yeah. this video i always start with a pick <laughs> section and i was like this sound is just i already trialed it with some distortion and was like this is screaming for a heavy section here um and yeah, yeah the pickup combo really complemented that um so to to break it down then it's all three pickups on um going through the alpha omega from dark glass our favorite people um and absolutely a fine into... example of a pedal with all the buttons on the front and look at that we love it so good we love it great pedal uh, 10 out of 10 pedal one <laughs> of the best and a bit like we discussed previously as well that one is um it's with the drive all the way down and the blend all the way up it's that like cool. crunchy yeah. sound that it brings to it um uh, in fact the the drive might be up slightly maybe just from memory but it's it's that kind of setting where the drive is actually very low um yeah. so it's not too saturated uh, so you're actually hearing quite a lot of the actual bass in there as well not just the dark glass sound yeah. um then going into the line six hx stomp which has um uh it's just my standard patch really which is just the ampeg svt 8 by 10 cab and in front of that the galleon kruger um they're like model head based on the um rb 700 series of amps um so yeah it's it was literally just like my stock setting that was just like yeah just put this in turn my pedal on bam there it is um one thing i'll say about this is that the three single coils it gives it this kind of like because there's no mid scooping going on here in the eq mm-hmm. but it's quite scoop sounding and it's that yeah. third pickup man it's that middle one You'd mm. think that the position of it, because when it's soloed, like the little fingering bit, sorry, the little fingered bit afterwards Why is I? just the um, middle pickup, which makes it, gives it like a 50s P bass sound, like with the straight um, telly yeah. bass style pickup. It's really good at that kind of sound. Um, when you turn on the neck pickup, you get kind of this super P bass kind of sound. It's a bit more modern sounding. And then you put the bridge in there as well. And, I don't know why. I don't know why. Like the you get a normal jazz bass sound with the the outer ones on. You add the inner one on, which is full of mid range, and it just sounds so scooped. It's yeah. it, I can't make sense of it in my mind. Well, it would just be the phasing and the fact that, you know that, yeah. that I'm assuming you said it ran in parallel, didn't you? Yes. Yeah, so just the phasing, but it sounds great. Like it's scooped, but not too scooped. It just yes. sounds really good. That's all I can say. Yeah, and. One other thing about this as well is that it doesn't have any compression on it, but it sounds very, it sounds like, I mean, going back to compression, it sounds yeah. compressed to me. Um, and it does have a massive, you know, high mass bridge on there here as well. I think that is, along with these pickups and just the Nordstrand blades as well, I think that it is quite, comp- that combination makes it sound quite compressed, but not too yeah. much. Um, so, yeah, I. Uh, I fall in love with this thing, man. It's awesome. Um, it's a really weird one where it's got buttons instead of like volume knobs for I've each seen, pickup yeah, as well. Yeah. And I don't I know why. Well- I love it. I never ever have pickups on fifty percent volume. I'm always just having 
all the way on or all, all the way off yeah. um or very rarely i'd say um so i yeah just absolutely loving it um i think that's all to say about the tone itself in, in that example that i've shown but um stay tuned if you're uh well, listening to this on spotify head over to my youtube channel because i will be uh you'll be able to hear this uh in full glory with the rest of the track and be able to hear this bass in more detail uh, in the review that will be coming out very soon um i haven't filmed it yet but i have uh recorded the the main bits around it all the ideas as well so yeah make sure you stay tuned um anything anything else we need to say about this before we move on no i don't think so i think it sounds really good the bass looks really cool mm. uh looking forward to the video and uh great bass clearly you, you know it sounds it sounds really good and i should hope so too for a custom made bass yeah but yeah absolutely. it seems like a big winner to me yeah go I mean, alpha alpha males that's the no that shouldn't be their slogan um yes i i totally it has to be good for the price that it is and on a clarify it, it's not a custom base made for me it's just one that they have in their shop that is a custom they've made and, and let you review it exactly yeah yeah, yeah. so it's not like my, exactly. my yeah. custom base but mm. that does lead us nicely into the next section so it does let's let's do that right now shall we here for the big base debate um so we spoke about it briefly a minute ago custom bases uh this has been a question that we keep talking about doing because it's quite an exciting one uh it always changes the possibilities are endless um the question is simple what would our custom bases be like so i'm talking specs down to aesthetics size you know i know you're going to have a short scale for instance um so i don't know do you no want to comment. kick us off <laughs> well i was going to ask we, we never did this beforehand and we should have said this how detailed do you want to go because i was planning on actually not going super detailed you know broad mm. strokes kind of thing yeah. you know i'm not going to be like i want this neck profile no this no, no, no. nut width i want the tuner to be on this side i, I wasn't going to do that so no, I, I'm, I'm, you know me. I'm not like an incredibly heavy spec yeah. guy. Maybe yeah. we'll, you know, preamp and pickups is an important one. Type of hardware, you know, shape like that, you know, this yeah. kind of thing. Not down to the nitty gritty. Okay. And you would like me to go first? I would like you to go first. Yes. Okay. Well, it's a Fender Base Six, and <laughs> then ah, <laughs> got me, 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 got him. Um, no, mine's actually really simple. So, shape-wise, it's the exact same body shape as my Godan RG4 body shape. It's kind of a, basically a P-bass mm, shape. It's similar, isn't it? But it, but it's got some nice contouring on the body. I might want a bit more of an aggressive contour because one thing I'm enjoying about owning an NG2 is the contouring is really good on the Dingwall body. Really good. It's a really comfy bass to sit and play for a long time. So I want that. Um, <clears throat> in terms of the the wood, I want it to be... I haven't thought about this too much, but maybe some sort of like ash, swamp ash kind of body, um, but with a really thick cap for the finish. Mm. Some, and some sort of really 
exotic wood, like a really one of those. Like, well, Alpha are a great example of this. Oh my god! Like they have, they've got some serious wood pawn on there. So I, I don't what know what wood? I want yet. Yes, they, yes, yes, we do. Hell yeah. Um, I don't know what color I want or anything like that. I didn't really think about that, but I want some sort of <clears throat> very interesting tree to be on on the front. You know, like a nice table, something cool, something quite not silly, but quite. Alpha a good example, that kind of thing. Maybe maybe something a bit green, a bit of purple and green, something cool like that. Then pickups, really simple. I I want a music man pickup. It might be tweaked, it might be some variations. I don't know who I want to make it or anything like that, but I want a music man style pickup. I want the bridge to be string through, so I want the strings to go through the body because I quite like that on my go down. And then in terms of the controls, I would like a I would like a volume, a passive tone, um a crude pickup selector that will kind of change it from maybe like a series parallel, something like that, mm-hmm. where it goes to a bit from a bit scooped to like a big humbucker sound. And then I would like a free band EQ. In terms of the free band EQ. I just like the free band EQ on my music, man. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it, for specific points it's changing. I just like that EQ. Um, I want the pickup selector to be on the side of the body. Again, like my go down. I don't oh. want it to be like, oh, go on. Sorry. So you're going PH. I thought you were just going single humbucker. Oh, sorry. What did I say? I meant, I meant single one. No, I said pickup. Oh, sorry. Pick up the input, the input of the bass, and put the jack in. I meant that. It's one pickup, one Music Man pickup. Sorry, that was my fault. So the input jack is what I meant to say. I want that on the side of the body. I don't want it to be like on a Fender where it's on the front plate. Don't really like that personally. So that's going on the side. Um, and then the rest of it is very, very broad strokes, to be honest. I would like a roasted maple neck, most likely. Um this might not work from a design perspective, but I really like the headstock on the Music Man's and also on the Ding Walls. It's not too big, but you can get to every tuning peg nice and simple. On the Godan, it gets a little bit long when you reach the D and G strings. And then it's going to be a five string. And only because I'm really enjoying it at the moment, it's going to be fan fret. I'm sorry. <laughs> Nothing to apologize about. But then that gives you the benefit of that extra scale length right because i'm guessing you're going to want big boy big boy indeed going to be big boy uh yeah so i want five string i'm really enjoying the 37 inch scale on the low b it just sounds great like i've been practicing this week using it and i'm like this sounds fantastic i really like this bass and that's that's kind of it where i've gone with it are there any other questions that are jumping out that i need to answer um, it's essentially a multi-scale P bass with a Music Man pickup. That's kind of the main thing. And what are you? Uh, what kind of fretboard of material are you going for? Something natural or like a dark wood? Probably going to be a maple fretboard again. Sure. Most likely, I do like a maple fretboard a lot, and I like the, I like the design choice of that as well. I don't think I would know until I saw the bass because I could just have it black with a maple fretboard because mm. I do like a black P bass with a maple fretboard. Yeah, That's me cool. Too. Me yeah. too. Something like that, really. Nice. Well, coming soon. Can't wait. Coming soon. Oh, and it's got a battery that can't run out. 
That's, Ever. No. Not the ke- there's a kettle lead in the back. <laughs> it runs on phantom power. I was just going to say that. <laughs> charges from the amp itself. You plug exactly. it in. It's, it's, a bo- it's multiple ways. It charges and input and output. It charges off the stress of me playing it. Isn't it strange that we call it an input for the guitar, but it's actually... The sound output, goes out. Really. Yeah. I yeah, it is, isn't it? That. Yeah. Um. Anyway, that sounds output. awesome. Um. For me, I'm kind of not the opposite, but, but sort of as well. <laughs> uh, and this, I got thinking about this because, you know, custom bass has never, ever been in the realm of my possibility before or like the thought of it but no way am i ever spending that amount of money no way would i ever be able to decide on what to do and when it comes to like aesthetics my opinion's changing all the time and i'll see something that really inspires me or something that's really cool and then i want that you know um so i'm i'm undecided on like how it would look and that's an important part to me of course um but i'm actually going to uh talk about a conversation that i was having with the guys at alpha because after playing that bass i was very seriously like oh i i would love this bass like but i would like some changes maybe i will do a custom build with them um and i was thinking you know i'm i'm getting i'm gonna be getting married in the future um in uh potentially a couple of years um and uh, maybe when i hit a big milestone you know um on the channel do i treat myself you know or give my mm-hmm. give myself a wedding present you know that kind of thing and so i was thinking oh this could become a reality um so i got talking to the guys at alpha about pickups because i love these um nordstrand blade pickups yeah. they're great um and i said i was just talking to them saying what do you what you know the only pickup position I don't like on this bass is just the bridge pickup. And I, too, love a Music Man Stingray pickup. So I said, well, what's the Nordstrand version of that? Or, like, what do they... I, I've seen their humbuckers. They, they do in, like, Ibanez basses before. And I was like, I wonder what that would sound like with this configuration. Then they brought to my attention the Music Man style, exactly the same casing and, like, size of magnets same pickup but with these blades and i was like oh snap and he was like yeah and we could even assign a button to turn on each um each row of magnets and i was like oh "Oh, snap so i could have the sss configuration or turn it into a full humbucking mode with you know so instead of having three buttons have just four buttons on there controlling each thing and i was like oh now i'm excited <laughs> i was like that sounds awesome and i'm not normally one for having a million configurations but the fact that it's just on off buttons i was like that's so simple and so cool um i love that so i think i'm leaning towards this sounds crazy uh, me a year ago would be like yeah i just want a p bass um now i'm like yeah i want an ssh <laughs> but hell i'm going custom so let's go with that so i'm going to go with these nordstrand blade pickups uh, single coil single coil then a splittable h as well um it you know you can do the p bass thing you can do the um almost a gibson g3 kind of sound you know that like tone that jeremy mm. davis got on paramore um Ooh. from like the self-titled album that kind of it's one of my favorite bass tones and it's using a gibson g3 uh and this bass the alpha gives that kind of vibe or you could get it to do that 
um, with this pickup configuration because that is also three single coils. Anyway, um, I would then like a rosewood or ebony fingerboard. I don't want anything with the paler variety like your palferos or your Indian mm -hmm. laurel. No, thank you. Um, I could go maple, but I'm kind of vibing with the darker woods at the moment, actually. Um, and then just standard 34 inch scale. I'm going to keep it passive for this one. Um, although that is a big thing about the sound of the music man is it in that humbucker. Yeah, I was going to say. Ooh. Big thing about that is, but I don't know, man, this, this, this bass sounded real good, real good. Mm -hmm. It's totally passive. So I'm not sure. Maybe that is something I would put in to be fair. Um, but then I'm a bit concerned about weight because that's going to be quite a lot of electronics in there quite weighty so maybe we mm -hmm. go for a lighter weight wood in the body i don't really yeah. know don't really know for body like wood what we'd go for but i think i'd go for quite a dark in terms of color dark base um mm. with some kind of binding around it as well because i'm a real sucker for a binding around the body or or like a different colored like a dark cap on the front and then a wood on the back i love that kind of look as well where on the side of it you can see like the strip where it changes i love that kind of thing um, so maybe just something like that that's like a little bit relict. I think that would be really cool. Just something that then it's custom base, but also I don't have to worry too much about it uh, not being in the best physical condition because <laughs> that's my biggest fear that I take it out and I <laughs> ding it and I'm like, oh, it's ruined. It's ruined. Um, but <laughs> but bases like this have to be lifelong bases, really, because A, because you're oh, spending yeah, that definitely. amount of money, it's made for you, so you're going to have potentially trouble selling it because it's to your specs. I mean, sure, there'll be people with similar tastes, etc., but it's going to be a bit of a harder sell. Um, so I just think of it from that perspective. Um, but yeah, I feel like I've missed out loads of things on there. It's going to be a four-string, um, yeah, like I said, just normal scale length, no fan frets um and yeah i think that's it same question back to you anything that you think i've missed uh did you say about the headstock no i didn't no um kind of fender style headstock yeah i think so um one reverse thing that it. i do you know one Go thing on. i used to what <laughs> reverse it no no yes I'm not. yes no, I'm not. that's the opposite of what i was gonna say because one thing i've realized is that Reverse headstocks are not for me. Um, so I used to be a utter sucker for reverse headstocks. I'd be like, oh, that's just like the coolest thing. Um, but the Thunderbird that I've got at the minute, the Harley Benton one, has a reverse headstock. Biggest pain in the ass. Biggest Hate pain it. in the ass. Yeah. The, I, I'm constantly tuning it wrong. I'm tuning the wrong string all the time as well oh, because yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the E string is the one that goes all the way to the furthest one away now yeah and i cannot get the hang of that i'm like oh why is i'm like why isn't it tuning and like oh i'm completely wrong end of the of the base <laughs> so yeah it's i don't like that and also when you put it down i mean this will be explained in the review of that base as well when you put it down you just knock all the tuners straight away and it's really really high in, impact space oh, so it's gonna right. get damaged i think so yeah anyway not for me that anymore so i just kind of keep it classic i think on, on the on the headstock very well yep yeah. yeah, can't no follow-ups from me can't really argue with it sounds pretty good i would definitely suggest some sort of active capabilities for the music man pickup mm. 
because I think a music man pickup really thrives with that access to a bit of EQ. Yeah, but that's yeah. Just me. that's just me, obviously. No, that is um, that is totally true. I would like to hear that pickup without a preamp behind it to see what it's like because I too don't like passive humbuckers that much. Um, mm. I want a bit of juice. That's why I want them. You know, so yeah. I I totally uh, totally agree with you on that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, got to think about what I want to put in it now. Mm, very true. So uh, Alpha, if you're listening, that's mine and Johnny's orders sorted. Done. Um, checks in the post. Yeah. Cheers. That's enough detail. Don't need anything else. Yeah. Done. Yeah, I'm sure they'd be more than happy with that. They'd probably be like, "Well, I have no idea what you want." So <laughs> here's a slab of wood. You make it. Yeah. You never said you didn't want a rectangle. <laughs> well, I did. I said I said the shape. So fine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that I suppose that's something that I haven't really spoken about is the shape. Did you, said, you said the shape. No, you didn't, did you? No. Um, if I were no. if I were to go traditional, if we're talking traditional bases, um, ooh. <laughs> I also um, have just realised I've just asked for a Dingwall Super P. <laughs> yeah. But with a Music Man pickup instead. That's all I've asked for. So that's rubbish. But hey, it's a bit of you, and that's not rubbish, Chris. You're great. Oh, thanks, Dad. <laughs> the, t- the tables have turned. I know. Power dynamic. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I do like a P-based body, the, like that shape. Uh, it's probably my favourite. Although for this kind of pickup configuration, I feel like a Jazz. <gasps> oh, no. It, oh, it could be a Jaguar, though. Could be a Jaguar. <sighs> Might have to go offset. You that love is, a Jag. You love a, a Jag. That is a bit of me. Yeah, it would be that, I think. I'd, I'm actually, now, I'm like, oh, I want to go on Photoshop and, like, make something now. <laughs> there we go. That's my life. That is my life. Makes sense. I, I might scribble, draw something later, but there we go. Send Done it. This is what I want. This is what I want. Thank you. <laughs> Amazing. Cool. Well, I think... I think we've answered that excellently. And if you disagree with I what agree. we want, um, then, you know, come at us. Ooh. Go and follow yeah. us on Instagram and send us a message. Tell us what you think. Uh, you can find me at Johnny Double uh, and Chris um, at That Guy on Bass. Um, you can also follow me on TikTok. Um, you doing TikTok still? Are you on there? I haven't posted on TikTok in a while. I, I kind of just post what I post on Instagram on TikTok. And if it does well, it does. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. Um Exactly. I don't, I, I don't, I'm a firm believer of if, if you don't consume the content, you shouldn't create for that app. Mm. And I don't really watch, well, I watch TikToks, but it's mainly a doom scrolling mechanism. Um, and it's not stuff that would work. It's just random stuff, you know, yeah. random things. So it wouldn't really, I don't consume bit. I don't follow any bass players or anything really on TikTok. Maybe two or three, like you, you, AMP, the base channel. I think that's it, really. Yeah. The base. Don't really follow many people on TikTok either. <laughs> no, I, I don't tend to either, to be honest. Um, no. Anyway, go, go and follow Chris on there. Anyway, yeah, go follow me. Great. Yeah. Cheers. Um, and of course, go and, and subscribe on YouTube um, forward slash Johnny Dibble. Go and uh, subscribe for weekly base content. Uh, you might have noticed that this podcast is is no longer on there, not on oh, YouTube God. anymore. So 
exclusively on um, your regular podcast platforms like Spotify, Apple Music, etc. So if you're on one of those platforms now, make sure you leave us like a five-star rating or, or whatever rating system that they use. Let us know what you think. Uh, and yeah, leave us a review. Helps something to do with the algorithms. So thanks Something very much. somewhere, apparently. Yeah. yeah. Anything else you want to uh, plug at the end of this, Chris? It's nothing from me, I'm afraid, this week. Nothing to plug. I'll, there is stuff to plug soon. Big thing's coming soon. I said the line! Right. He said oh, the thing! Boy. It's like the Simpsons meme. Say the line, say the line. Big thing's coming soon. <laughs> Yay! Yay! Well, Yay. we are beside ourselves with anticipation. I can't wait. I've... Uh, yeah. Well, no, I'm, you I'm, can't wait. You know what it is. Yeah, I know. <laughs> very exciting very exciting maybe it will lead to us meeting in the flesh one day too who knows yeah it would be nice that would be can good you ma- can you imagine if we can't stand each other in real life it's a possibility mate it's a possibility it is a possibility That w- there are people that I've known through the internet and met them in real life and gone don't like you that much you're a bit annoying <laughs> yeah that that's probably going to be me where I'm like all nervous and like hello and uh, a bit weird you know no, I'll be the other way around. You'll, you'll be well annoyed with me. And you've just broken something in yeah, your Yeah, some, something's just fallen off my desk and made a big clang. But nice. I'll find that out later. <laughs> anyway, everybody, thank you so much for listening. See you next time. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.